section thirty nine of stories from the operas by gladys davidson this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by kathleen verdi aida during the reign of one of the great pharaohs of egypt amonasro king of ethiopia declared war against the egyptians and invaded their country in spite of their daring however the ethiopians were beaten time after time for the egyptian army was then at the height of its glory and was victorious wherever it went after one of the most crushing defeats amonasro had to bear yet another bitter blow for amongst the many captives carried away by the all-conquering egyptians was his own fair young daughter the princess aida although unaware of their lovely captive's high rank the conquerors guarded her with special care because of her dazzling beauty and gentle grace and upon her arrival in memphis the great pharaoh presented her as a slave to his daughter amneris the princess of egypt was so pleased with the sweet charms of the girl captive that she refused to regard her as merely an ordinary slave but treated her instead with the familiarity and affection of a sister and so for a time aida's bonds rested but lightly upon her and except for a natural grief for the sufferings and wrongs of her beloved country and her own enforced exile she had little to trouble her but after a while when the joy of a great love came into her life a change took place and then for the captive maid black storm clouds of woe quickly gathered around radamus a handsome young officer in the king's guards owing to his high position had frequent access into the presence of the princess and her attendants and from the very first moment his eyes rested upon the beautiful and gentle aida a passionate love for her sprang up within his heart which deepened and strengthened daily his love was quickly returned by the captive maid and although at first her conscience blamed her for loving the enemy of her country she could not long struggle against a passion that would not be subdued and so resigned her heart unreservedly into the keeping of the handsome young egyptian their joy however though they tried to keep it secret was not long permitted to remain unclouded for the noble radamus was also beloved by the princess amneris whose proud and passionate nature could brook no rival in her affections for long the fair amneris had cherished her passion and had vainly longed to have it requited but radamus though he quickly guessed her secret refused to meet her open advances for he was too noble to accept favours from one whom he could not love yet in spite of the young officer's coldness amneris had always hoped to win his affection in the end but with the advent of aida her hopes were quickly dashed to the ground for although radamus and the beautiful slave at first tried to hide their love the jealous eyes of the princess speedily detected it and then determined that her passion should not be slighted she still used all the means in her power to obtain her heart's desire war was soon again declared between the rival countries the king of ethiopia having once more gathered a large army together and already invested thebes 
and the egyptians having also massed their mighty forces instructions were given to the priests of isis to learn the will of the goddess as to who should lead them against the foe on a certain day the priests declared that the dread goddess had spoken and pharaoh then called together all the officers of his forces that he might announce to them the name of their chosen leader the young radamus who had already proved himself brave and fearless in battle had great ambition to distinguish himself in the coming campaign in a greater degree and upon hearing that the goddess had named the champion of egypt he was filled with eager anticipation hardly daring to hope that the chosen one might prove to be himself yet longing above all things that it might indeed be so for he now had a greater incentive than ever to win renown because of the exquisite joy of laying his laurels at the feet of his beloved aida and as he wandered early into the vast hall of the royal palace on the day on which the announcement was to be made his mind was full of this sweet delirious thought but his happy reflections were presently interrupted by the entrance of the princess of egypt who quickly noting his rapt expression desired him to tell her of his pleasant thoughts and Radamus, on his guard at once replied that carried away by his ambition he had been daring to hope that he might be the leader chosen to head the egyptian army but amneris was not satisfied with this and softly asked if his mind were not rather occupied with some fairer attraction to be found in memphis and as radamus was vainly endeavouring to frame an answer to this pertinent question the object of his happy thoughts the beautiful aida herself came into the hall with sad downcast looks for she had been weeping for the sufferings of her country as the young officer's eyes fell upon the fair form of his beloved one he could not repress an exclamation of delight and this coupled with the tender glances unconsciously exchanged between the lovers confirmed the former suspicions of the princess whose heart was straightway filled with a consuming jealousy the entrance of pharaoh with his ministers officers and guards together with the priests of isis prevented any outburst of passion at that moment and as soon as the court was assembled the great business of the day went forward after the king had scornfully reminded the company of the presumption of the ethiopian monarch in daring to invade their land and when the warriors had answered his proud call to arms with eager cries of vengeance the name of the champion chosen by the goddess isis to lead them to victory was declared and amidst a sudden hush of breathless expectation pharaoh announced in a clear ringing voice the chosen leader of our host is radamus the brave a wave of overwhelming joy swept through the heart of radamus at this glad fulfilment of his dearest wish and as he breathed a prayer of gratitude to the goddess who had thus favoured him a thunder of applause burst from the assembled company for though but young in years the chosen warrior was honoured and beloved by all the princess amneris then came forward and placed the royal standard of egypt in the hands of radamus bidding him in a voice that trembled with emotion to bear it ever into the paths of victory and renown for she was filled with exultation that the man she loved was chosen for this honour 
and already looked ahead to the time when he should return covered with glory a hero for whom even the hand of a princess of egypt would not be too great a reward but aida was filled with despair being torn by conflicting feelings and when all the resplendent company had departed to the temple of vulcan to witness the investiture and dedication of radamus to his heaven-chosen office she remained behind that none might witness her sorrow how dare i wish victory to my beloved one when that means defeat and bondage for my native land she murmured in anguish shall i desire my own royal father my brothers and my people to be destroyed yet if they are victorious my lover will be dishonoured and ruined alas why am i so tormented unhappy maid that i am to love the enemy of my country overcome by these torturing thoughts poor aida crept away to her own chamber where her tears might flow unhindered for she dared not trust herself where curious eyes might witness her emotion meanwhile the dedication service was taking place in the temple of vulcan and here amidst great pomp and the performance of many strange and mysterious rites radamus was solemnly invested by ramphis the high priest with the sacred arms pertaining to his position as leader of the egyptian army when the investiture was over the priests and assembled warriors broke into a sacred song of dedication and encouragement and as radamus went forth from the temple he was filled with enthusiasm for the great cause he had embraced and eager anticipation of success nor were these anticipations vain for the egyptian forces again carried all before them and defeated the ethiopians on every side thus it came about that after driving the enemies of his country away from the land the young radamus returned to memphis a victorious hero covered with glory and honour and followed by a long train of captives to make his triumph complete amongst these captives though unknown to all was amonasro king of ethiopia himself who having gone into the field disguised as an ordinary officer had escaped recognition and though his proud spirit revolted against the degradation of being thus taken prisoner he yet went to memphis with the hope that he might there meet with his lost daughter and also learn something of his enemy's plans on the day on which radamus was to make his triumphal entry into the city great preparations were made to receive him with all the pomp and magnificence usually associated with such a pageant and within the royal palace the princess of egypt commanded her slaves to sing the praises of her hero that the weary waiting time might pass the quicker for amneris was filled with joyous expectation for she felt that the victor's reward would certainly be her own hand in marriage and thus her dearest hopes be realized she therefore listened to the laudatory songs of her slaves with unrestrained joy but upon the entry of aida her brow grew dark for the beautiful slave's presence at that moment revived the jealous feelings which had remained dormant during the absence of radamus in order to prove whether aida's love was still the same amneris in the course of conversation 
announced that radamas had been killed in battle and her frown grew deeper still when aida full of grief at this terrible news broke forth into a tearful lament as a further proof however she added immediately nay i did but wish to fright thee calm thyself for the brave radamas lives yet upon hearing this aida her face transfigured with joy sank upon her knees and uttered a prayer of gratitude that her beloved one had been saved and then amneris unable to restrain her jealous anger any longer sprang forward with blazing eyes crying with haughty fury what thou a slave to dare to aspire to one whom the daughter of pharaoh deigns to love no rash maiden that the princess of egypt will brook no rival then unheeding aida's gentle plea for mercy the passionate princess bade her prepare to meet her doom since she was determined to humble her to the dust for her presumption but at that moment hearing sounds which told her that the festival was about to commence her mood suddenly changed to expectancy again and she went to join her father upon the throne which had been set up at the city gates through which the triumphal procession had to pass bidding aida attend her radamas was received with great kindness and favor by pharaoh who showered praises and thanks upon him for the mighty deeds he had performed and as the young conqueror knelt overcome at the foot of the throne the princess amneris with her own hands placed the crown of victory upon his brow with gentle tenderness the king now desired to see the prisoners who had been taken in battle and as the captives one by one passed the throne aida uttered a cry of surprise and grief and running into the arms of amonasro who was one of them greeted him tenderly as her father amonasro however whispered to her not to disclose his true identity and so when the company gathered round on hearing that he was the beautiful slave girl's father the disguised king related a feasible story as to his capture describing himself as an ordinary ethiopian officer which was readily enough believed pharaoh now desired radamas to name any favor he pleased which should be immediately granted and the young victor whose heart was as yet unhardened by the fortunes of war besought the king to set all the captives free as his reward but ramphis the high priest and the other counsellors declared that this would be an act of folly and when they saw that pharaoh would not deny the request that had been made they entreated that at least it would be better to retain aida's father as a hostage of peace to this pharaoh agreed giving orders that all the other captives should be set free and then leading amneris forward he placed her hand in that of radamas declaring before all the people that the princess of egypt was the prize he had destined for the deliverer of the country amneris was radiant with joy having thus secured her dearest wish and feeling that she need no longer fear aida as a rival but radamas was plunged in despair for he was determined to wed no other maid but aida whom he loved so passionately and for whose sweet sake he had crowned himself with laurels aida too was filled with grief for radamas wed not remained to her but death radamas however 
saw that nothing was to be gained just then by refusing to accept the reward offered to him and so he prudently permitted himself to be regarded as the affianced husband of amneris trusting to find some means of disentangling himself later on he still saw aida from time to time in the palace and sometimes found means to address a few words to her but these opportunities were few and far between and at last despairing of ever securing a sufficiently long interview in which to talk over their plans he invited her to meet him on the eve before his wedding day outside the temple of isis now amonasro who was also lodged in the palace had quickly observed the love that existed between aida and radamus and having learnt from the soldiers that the scattered forces of ethiopia had once more been banded together to invade egypt he determined to make use of his daughter's love as a means of securing information as to the egyptians war plans for this reason having overheard the arrangement made for the lovers meeting he managed to creep unseen by the guards from the palace and made his way to the temple of isis as it happened the princess amneris had also arranged to visit the temple of isis that night in order to offer prayers and incense to the goddess on this the last evening of her maidenhood in accordance with an ancient custom and attended by women slaves and guards she arrived soon after darkness had set in and was immediately conducted by rampus the high priest into the temple where she began her vigil no sooner had the princess and her party retired within the sacred building than aida alone and unattended drew near trembling with fear and almost immediately she was joined by her father who had awaited her arrival in a hiding-place close by quickly reassuring the frightened maiden amonasro informed her of the service he wished her to do for him and after declaring that his reassembled forces were already prepared and waiting for battle reminding her also of the wretched condition of their people he entreated her to discover from her lover by what path the egyptians intended to surprise their enemies a fact which in the hands of the ethiopians meant success to their enterprise at first aida refused indignantly to ask her lover to be disloyal to the arms he bore but upon amonasro declaring reproachfully and angrily that he would no longer regard her as his daughter if she thus refused to help her country she reluctantly promised to seek the information needed amonasro now retired to his hiding-place and as he departed radamus came up to the meeting-place and clasped aida in his arms in a passionate embrace when the first joy of meeting was over aida asked her lover to tell her of his plans for since his nuptials with the princess were now so near at hand it seemed well nigh impossible for him to avoid the step which was the express command of the king and the wish of the people and the hopelessness of the situation made her have misgivings whether he would care to make so great a sacrifice for her sake radamus however declared that not all the wealth of egypt could make up to him for the loss of aida's love and with eager enthusiasm he declared to her that early next morning he would join the egyptian forces now under arms and after leading them once more to victory he would return triumphant to the city and then 
telling the king of his love for the ethiopian maid beseech him of his mercy to grant him her hand in marriage as a reward but aida was not satisfied with this knowing that the rage and jealousy of amneris would never permit them to marry and she cried eagerly nay there is but one course my beloved let us fly to-night and in a far-away land where we are not known we may pass our life in perfect joy together then seeing that radamus hesitated at this suggestion which meant his resignation of all the glory and renown he had won she thrust him from her exclaiming passionately ah then you love me not return to the princess of egypt and in the enjoyment of her embraces forget poor aida who would now gladly see death this was more than radamus could endure and clasping aida in his arms once again he declared that they would indeed fly that night since her love was more to him than anything else the world could offer intoxicated with the intensity of their passion the lovers prepared to carry out their resolve at once but as they were about to depart aida remembering with a pang her father's command said in a trembling voice how shall we escape being seen by the egyptian soldiers all will be well returned radamus reassuringly if we avoid the pass of napata where they lie hidden no sooner had he spoken these fatal words than amonasro having thus learnt the secret he had longed to possess sprang from his hiding-place and boldly approaching the lovers announced to the young egyptian that he was the king of ethiopia radamus was now overcome with dismay that he had though unconsciously betrayed his country's cause into the hands of her enemies but amonasro declaring that no blame could ever attach to him entreated him to join the ethiopian ranks where glory awaited him and the hand of aida should be his reward at that moment however the princess amneris and ramphis the high priest emerged from the temple having heard all that had passed and calling to the guards they bade them seize the three offenders at once radamus calling to amonasro and aida to fly for their lives engaged the attention of the guards until he knew that the ethiopian king and his daughter had escaped to a safe distance and then and then nobly scorning to avoid the just wrath of the monarch whom he had so unwittingly betrayed he yielded himself without a struggle into the hands of the high priest and was carried away captive to await his doom a few days later radamus was brought to the hall of judgment within the royal palace to be tried as a traitor and to receive the sentence of death but as the guards were conducting him thither they were accosted by the princess amneris who imperiously demanded to speak with the prisoner the guards having fallen back respectfully amneris addressed radamus asking him if he was prepared to die the death of a traitor or if he desired to live for the proud princess was still unable to repress the love which consumed her in spite of her anger that it was not returned and she was determined to offer the object of her affections a means of saving his life radamus however answered sorrowfully that he had no further desire to live since aida was lost to him for ever for he believed her to be dead and in his grief he even accused the princess of being the cause of her death but amneris declared that this was not so since aida still lived 
for though her father had been slain in the battle that had just taken place his daughter had managed to escape though none knew of her whereabouts then with passionate earnestness amneris besought radamus to renounce all thought of aida for ever thus hoping that she might herself reign in his heart at last and she added that if he would do so she would intercede for his life with the king who loved her so well that he would grant her even so great a request as this but radamus declared staunchly that no power on earth could ever induce him to thrust the dear image of aida from his heart and since his beloved one was now lost to him he should welcome death with gladness go then and die cried amneris enraged that her love should be thus slighted yet again and then as radamus passed into the hall of judgment she burst into a wild paroxysm of weeping knowing that nothing could now save him since once in the presence of his judges his doom was sealed full of remorse that she had not called him back she crouched near the portal and listened to what passed within for though in her heart she realized that radamus was innocent yet she knew that he would be condemned since he had done though unwittingly a traitor's deed to the accusations made against him radamus answered not a word for in spite of his clear conscience he also knew that defence was useless and when the high priest pronounced the doom of living incarceration as the traitor's sentence he bowed his head in resignation having no longer the desire to live amneris however was filled with rage on hearing the cruel sentence passed upon the man she still loved and when the priests issued forth from the hall of judgment she passionately commanded them to revoke their judgment but ranphus the high priest whose might and sacred power could not be encroached upon even by a princess of egypt sternly replied the traitor's doom has gone forth and none can alter it then heedless of the wailing curses that followed him the relentless priest passed on and the despairing princess was left alone with her sorrow and remorse meanwhile radamus was conducted to the temple of vulcan and ushered into the subterranean vault in which he was to be buried alive and as the stone that covered the opening was gradually lowered the priests broke into the sacred hymn of death radamus stood resigned and unafraid upon the bottom step of the crypt but just as the stone was falling into its socket he heard a soft sigh behind him and turning beheld ere the last ray of light faded the trembling form of his beloved aida filled with amazement and horror that one so young and lovely should thus be entombed with him radamus pressed and beat frantically upon the roof of the vault but the stone had now fallen into its place and he was powerless to dislodge it as he sank despairing upon the step aida groped her way through the darkness to his side and in a sweet exultant voice bade him gently to be comforted since having foreseen his doom she had of her own free will crept unobserved by the priests into the vault preferring to die with him rather than to live on alone filled with gratitude at this wonderful proof of love and devotion radamus passionately embraced the triumphant aida and thus clasped in each other's arms 
the lovers calmly awaited their end rejoicing that though in life they had been forced asunder yet in death they were not divided end of section thirty nine